0: I've had many visions of heaven, and sometimes I get taken back to the vision that I had as if it's a continuation. You know, my the reason I believe why God has given me these visions is because of the scripture, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if we don't know what's happening in heaven, it's really hard to implement things to change. Um, because you know, you think, well, I'm doing everything okay. But then when you find out that's not at all the way that it's done in heaven, then we should change. Uh, for instance, um, in heaven, every time somebody talks about you, um, you hear it. You know who's talking about you and what they said. But on the earth, because of sin, you know, we, we don't have that here anymore. But I think if we knew that it was working, if we knew that every word that I've spoken about you, that you could hear, I would really choose my words very carefully.
1: Every now and then, someone comes across our path who has had an encounter with heaven and with hell. Today on Life Journeys, Pastor Hardika interviews Lori Ditta, who has had many visions. And through them, we will gain a better understanding of the reality of heaven and hell and how important it is to take God's word seriously. Lori is an evangelist and author and has traveled the world to share her message. Get ready to have a personal encounter with God during the next half hour.
2: January 6th, it was the day that they they had the meeting at the Capitol and there was a so-called storming of the Capitol, as you recall. I caught some images of it. I didn't watch it and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and I had an encounter with him more powerful than I've ever had in my life. I couldn't talk for an hour Uh, and when I tried to tell her what he told me, I, 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 I just couldn't spit it out. And the Lord said that, you're seeing what man can do, now get ready for what I can do. And I shared that and people thought, oh, this is great, you know, but then God really drilled down on me in the Spirit and And he said, I'm going to bring this country to its knees. When I share that with you, you said on Sunday when you were here that there has been a a major shift in America. Expound on what you mean by that a little bit, uh, Lori.
0: Okay. I think that in December, when the Lord spoke to me in December, um, he had told me some things about about the new year that was coming, and he's he's told me several times before uh, he's coming back sooner than we realize. And he showed me different visions in heaven of indicators that would let us know that that the time is shifting. But when um, on January sixth, when those things happened, uh, I knew that a. Uh, that I could hear a, a sound. Um, it was a sound that I knew was changing things. It was a spiritual sound. I don't know that it was a trumpet sound, but it got my attention. Um, what is going on? Something is going on. More than, more than just what, what I was hearing, what I was seeing, and I knew that preaching the gospel in the United States was has now changed. And um, so, so I've been in countries where it is illegal to lead someone to Christ. And I believe that that is coming to the U.S. And um, I think that the sound that I heard was the beginning of the change, which puts the fear of the Lord in me because we need to work at making sure that our family and friends and neighbors, coworkers, and enemies know the Lord before it's too late. And right now, we are still in a time when we can do that, when we can reach those people. So I got a hold of different uh, supporters, and um, you know, the scriptures teach that he who wins souls is wise. It didn't take much convincing. And I asked them to help me. I I've i believed I have believed since I got saved in 2000 that Jesus is coming back soon. He's told me that different times. Um, the last time that I I heard him say that to me was when I was in Israel. That was in 2019 when I went to Israel. So so I really think that. Um, He he, he keeps saying it and that now we've entered into this time where as as a church, we need to do everything that we can do, every resource that we have to reach the lost. We need to do that before this, this window of being able to so freely preach the gospel is closed.
2: One of the things that has been so real to me in the last couple of years as as a, a good friend of mine before he he died he was a pastor uh, uh was born in india his father was a pastor started several churches and uh, he he called me one day and he said i just want you to know i was praying for you and the lord is telling me that that what he's doing in your life right now is setting you apart i think that's part of the preparation for what he wants to do through the church in this time where it's going to get more difficult. He's not intimidated by difficulty, and he's certainly not uh, uh, panicking because persecution is coming. We just saw on the news this week that a pastor was in Canada was literally brought to his knees on the highway by a SWAT team who arrested him for inciting worship. And um, that's that's a symbol, a sign of of things that are coming, so I agree with you. You said that you had some visions of, of heaven and some visions of, of what hell was like, and, and both the fear of God and the fear of hell and and the beauty of living for heaven. When you had the encounters you had with the Lord in heaven, it, I didn't know if, if you had died and had gone to be with the Lord because we've seen that experience too, or if you just had visions, I shouldn't say just, but you had had visions was it a series of visions or was it a one shot occurrence of having been in his presence in heaven for a time
0: thank you um so i've had many visions of heaven and sometimes i get taken back to the vision that i had as if it's a continuation those those visions the first vision that I recorded it happened in um, in 2000. But since then I've had multiple visions. And I tell people, even though I've had so many visions that doesn't make me special, it just makes me responsible. You know, my, the reason I believe why God has given me these visions is because of the scripture, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if we don't know, what's happening in heaven it's really hard to implement things to change Um, because you know you think well i'm doing everything okay but then when you find out that's not at all the way that it's done in heaven then we should change Uh, for instance um, in heaven every time somebody talks about you um, you hear it you know who's talking about you and what they said But on the earth, because of sin, you know, we we don't have that here anymore. But I think if we knew that was working, if we knew that every word that I've spoken about you, that you could hear, I would really choose my words very carefully in what it is that I want to say about you. Now in heaven, it doesn't even have to take the words because we communicate there heart to heart. So there can be no misunderstanding. And I believe that we're still suffering from the results from the Tower of Babel because not only was languages separated, but so was the communication between parents and their children and husbands and wives and communication and overall communication was disrupted. And in heaven, there is, there is not a problem with communication, and, um, and, and if that was if that is our goal, I think probably the first uh, aspect that I, I started to change so that I could restore this ancient form of communication. It was two parts. One, I try to make sure, I mean, I believe it. I believe that every word that I'm saying is being recorded, and I, I want God to be able to share with other people what it is that I'm saying about them. So I want that principle in heaven. And then the second principle that I've seen in heaven about communicating is, if you want to communicate with God, then you need the fear of the Lord to be able to communicate with God. So if you don't have the fear of the Lord, then you really having a, a very difficult time communicating with God. You, you might could yell at him, but you can't hear his response because you lack the fear of the Lord. So those that's just a small example. Those visions have taken place at God's will, not at my will, because I think if it were at my will, I would like to go every single day. I know people say, um, well, what do I do to get there? And um, for as much as it has to do with me, I try and uh, not be in sin and, and live a, a sanctified life with, with God, trying to be obedient to things that I know make me a better better believer. I try and you know read the Bible every day. And if I can't read it, well, then I, I have an app on my phone. I listen to the Bible. I try and you know, pray and fast and, and be a good friend and a good wife, I try and do the things that I know would would cause Jesus to be pleased with me. And then at any point, I expect God to come and get me. And I, you know, I've talked to children, and I'm told many children, when you go to sleep at night, you know, your spirit doesn't sleep. So ask Jesus, come and get me and take me with you. And multitudes of children have shared with me how They've seen Noah's Ark, or, or the galaxies, or or Jesus played baseball with them, or went swimming with them. So I mean, it's really I think if we can approach Jesus and and heaven with childlike faith,
2: we'll come out better for it. I was preaching a tent crusade in uh, Fountain, Colorado. I think is the name of it, south of uh, Colorado Springs, and it was a. It was a a group of black churches, and one night I just was praying alone and I cried out to the Lord God, why did you make some people black and some people white? Why do we have these divisions? And as you mentioned, uh, it goes all the way back to the Tower of Babel. And it's one of those few times where he answered instantly and, and, and said, I separated them because if the people in this world were united and I wasn't the reason they were united, they would be far more dangerous than they are now. And the only way I'll let people become united is if they are united in me. And that that's something that Jesus prayed that we might be one. That's why he showed us his glory. But uh, the communication to other people uh, about who Christ is so often brings me back to feeling they need to know how real he is. I've seen people raised from the dead, but I haven't felt how real he is as I have by just being alone with him and letting his spirit wash over me. And I listen to the song when I start devotions every single day, How Great Thou Art by uh, Alan Jackson. And in fact, I'll probably listen to that three or four times a day. I have for the last four or five months because of what God's been doing. And he's great for so many different reasons. But what can you tell us about encouraging people that God is so real because of what you have been experiencing in visions of heaven and hell?
0: You know, I don't think you can have heaven without hell. And so I would first tell people, you know, don't be, un, don't be unbalanced. So you would want to know about both. And um, so the first book that I wrote that had specific visions in it, um, the hell conspiracy, although I wrote another book ahead of that, but the hell conspiracy is set up with the very first time I went to heaven, that vision, and then the vision of hell. And then at the end is the most powerful vision that I've ever had. And that, that pertained to the cross. So I think that I think that um, I think that, that book really does help in uh, explaining how God showed His heart to me through visions, making the Word of God, the Bible come alive. And then the second book, Encountering Heaven, has 15 supernatural visions that, that do not include any of the visions that are in that first book. So if you got both of those books, you would have um, 18 different visions of heaven uh, and of hell. <laughs> so I say that that you don't want one without the other because um, people don't realize that there are two eternal places where you can, where where you're going to choose to go, and and that's why that choice is so important. And uh, if anything that I'd want people to know about the visions, it's that uh, a vision is always given for a purpose and a purpose to direct or change or, or give guidance in the same way that when God speaks, he speaks for a reason. So he doesn't, he's not chatty catty, Kathy, you know, he's, he's very determined and, and point—he's on point when he speaks. So the visions, um, because I am a seer, the reason why the visions, I think, are given to me is because I not only can I see and hear and, but I can sense. I can use all of my senses when I'm in a vision. I can I can touch it. I can smell it, um, and and the emotional connect that I have when I'm there I think is is relevant because in the same way that if you have a text message and you send out a text message somebody can't hear the inflection in your tone of voice they can actually take a text message the wrong way and I think that's true if you just heard words without having the ability to sense the heart the heart of God behind what it is that he was he's explaining. So, um, I, I, I would say, make sure that you see both the goodness and the severity of God. And, 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 uh, I think we have a problem, you know, because the, the, the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom and we are not used to that at all. So, you know, I live in a city, I have a mayor, we have a governor, no, we have we have a we have a president, and you get to choose. Even if you don't like one of the things, you can choose what party you want to be a part of, and you can try and shift the balance and all that. But that's not the way that the kingdom of God operates. Everyone in the kingdom of God um, loves and serves the King, and and if you don't, then you will not be a part of that kingdom. And so when Jesus says that He wants something. Uh, the angels they don't have that that choice they don't have that gift that we've been given of choice and so for an angel to not instantly obey that's rebellion and that's what Satan and the demons did those angels that that fell and and hell was created for Satan and the demons it was not created for people it was created for sin. And yet, here we are, you know, Satan, Satan sins against God, and hell is created, mankind sins against God, and they come up with a plan to how will Jesus save mankind. Now, since that plan, and people don't have to go to Hades anymore, it it's still, uh, when you die, it's more final now, because, because the way has been made. And and Jesus is that king, a good, benevolent king. And if we can't approach him like that, which we're going to struggle in the U.S., because here, you know, our our opinions really matter. And in the kingdom of God, your opinion doesn't matter at all. God has decided what he wants, okay. and, and we need to just agree and line up and, and to the best of our knowledge start walking that way. If God the plan and purpose that God has in my life, I might not know how to get there, but if my heart is correct, wanting to go that way, God knows my heart and can get me there. And I think a a good place to, to look at that is in the Bible. When we see John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, he asks a question and so does the exact same question. And then Mary, Jesus' mom, asks the exact same question. And one, because of the, because of the position of Zechariah's heart, he was was handled one way, but Mary, the mother of Jesus, was handled another way because of the position of the heart. And I think that's really important when we try to approach God with um, the things that we read in the Bible or visions that we see or words that we hear from God, ways that we know. What is our heart posture towards God? And if that's a polluted, dark, messy thing, that's where he needs to work with us. And we can't really go higher with God if he doesn't have access to that heart. And if that heart is not bent to, I bow my will to Jesus. Another way that I say it as an evangelist is I, I tell people, I pledge my allegiance to Jesus. And and, and he's the king and he's the ruler and it's contrary to what I live um, as, a, as a United States citizen with all of this freedoms that we have, because in a kingdom, it's not the same. The freedom that you think that you have, it, it's, it's not like that in, in heaven. It's better.
2: Yeah, yeah. Liberty is, is a word we've been uh, throwing around in this country an awful lot lately. And, you know, I was reading Genesis, the creation story again. Liberty is something that God gave man, and he abused it. Liberty is something that God gave us as, as citizens, and we have abused it. And liberty without responsibility is, is, is not going to work. Liberty without the motivation of love is not going to work at all. Uh, some people like to play grace against the fear of the Lord, and and I, I I agree with you completely. It it's part of the same heart. You know, I look at the wrath of God, and I think, man, if if someone is going after my daughter, uh, the anger is just going to flash, and they're going to be in trouble. And uh, I I see that anger that God has towards those who abuse and beat on his his kids, and and try to send us to hell. Uh, A major denominational uh, leader in America, a bishop, made the statement in an interview a couple of weeks ago or a month or two ago, maybe, I don't know. I think hell must be empty because God will never give up on a person. And, you know, it's just every day you read the news and you're shocked. Uh, I read that. And again, I was shocked. Um, God will never give up on a person as long as they're walking, but we have the choice.
0: Right. And one of the things that I saw when I was in heaven, so um, there's a scripture that talks about in my father's house are many mansions. and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go, I promise I'm going to come back. And take you with me to be where I am. So that's the scripture. And um, uh, while I was in heaven one time, I I toured part of the Lord's home, and um, I really want to live in His house. You know, I've thought about Lord. I don't want a mansion of my own by the by the ocean or or in the mountains. I really want to live in Your house with You, so that I can see You more. I want to see okay. You more. And uh, he, he, I, I toured a room. It was a very, very beautiful room. The Lord had prepared this room, and in it, let's start out. There were uh, baseball gloves, lots of different sized baseball gloves. So, and and it was for a man. And um, as baseball heroes had come to heaven, God had gotten the ones that were in heaven their signature on a ball and and had it for this man and the trinkets. I love to come to somebody's house and look at their trinkets. You can tell a lot about a person by what they find is a treasure. Well, the Lord has gifts for us every single day of our life, sometimes two, three gifts for us. And these gifts had been unwrapped and were displayed in the shelves in this this one room. It's a very, very large uh, suite. And um, there were model cars. The, the, the waiting to be built, all kinds of fun things to do together. And I was like, wow, look at this. Look at what God has prepared for this person. And I was very excited about that there are rooms that you could live. You could choose a room in heaven and in, in his house. And I said, Lord, who is this man? You know, because he was so special to Jesus. Who is this man? And he'd known him all along. And he told me that that man had died, but he is now in hell. And I was shocked because, you know, when Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, I've heard it preached that God has done, that's that's what he did for you. But God has done so much more for us than just that. And that is the pinnacle because no one can pay for their own sin. But to know that God had prepared a place for this man, and when that man's family and friends see that he is not in heaven, I think the knowledge that God had prepared a place for him, you know, I don't believe in in, uh, the predestined few that will make it to heaven. It was very, very hurtful um, to see that somebody that God loved so much that God had been you know, like almost like on the outskirts of this person's life, trying to draw them in that 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 person did not want Jesus. And then another thing that I saw, how I saw two other things that I saw that I think represent the heart of God as far as people not being with him was um, there were uh, pets in heaven. Now, I had always been told, no, pets don't go to heaven. But when I got to heaven, and my, my little dog from when I was seven came and found me. I was like, who are you? And it was my snowball. And I was like, no kidding. Wow, you're here? I mean, how did you get <laughs> And if you love and care for your pet, that pet will be in heaven. And I was so excited. Now, the pet does not belong to me anymore. It belongs to Jesus. And, um, there were lots of pets there that that principle is true. God, the love is alive. And so the love that you put into that pet is alive. Anyway, there are pets in heaven, but their owner is in hell because the love that they gave to that pet and the care that they gave, that was true. You cared for what God asked you to care for. However, you, they did not choose to come. And be with Jesus. So that that was that was very frightful.
2: That that paint that paints a picture that really messes with my mind. Uh, not not disagreeing with you at all. It it, it just paints a picture of uh, some of the dogs that we've had or some of the dogs that that I've encountered. That there's no way they made it, they made it to heaven. And I've gotta I've gotta ponder that. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I'm trying so hard, Lori, to get my head around exactly what God is doing in the church to get Christians and his church to the place that we can accomplish his will in this country. And uh, Jesus is not wringing his hands because he didn't die to create a democracy or a constitutional republic. Going along with what you said about the kingdom, people think it's so horrible if we lose our democracy. Why has God allowed what he's allowed in America? Uh, That's a very vital question for anything that we're going through. What's important is is if we have a liberty and the spirit to love the uh, far-left liberal elites, if we hate them more than we love them, we can't cry liberty. We've already lost our liberty, regardless of what the government does. And I have been, um, I've been so broken for this country and so broken for the church that there's a place that that God is bringing us to, and I, I don't want to see people have any more props knocked out of their lives than is necessary. But the reality of God has. Uh, it's got to be greater than what we're seeing in this, in in the church in America today. And I feel so blessed to have been cut back that I can uh, draw closer to him. And, um, you know, keep telling it straight. Keep telling people what you saw. I don't know how to ask this, but in wrapping up, Anything that you could tell us to to help us get our heads and hearts around how to work with God when he is allowing this nation to be cut back like it is, uh, how can we, how can we do that? How can we hear what he's saying and, and act on it?
0: Thank you. Yeah, that's, I mean, if, if I had the answer to that, I would for sure want it. All in my life, all the time. So, I'm not saying that if I share this, that this is all that there is. Yeah, It's a hard question. To, yeah, I want everybody to, you know, I'm all the time looking for the answer to that. But I think, I think first, be sure that you're saved. Yeah. Um, salvation is is free, but it will cost you everything. Yeah. And uh, Jesus is King, so. First, be sure that you're saved. S- second, I would say, um, know your God. So that's going to take some time to know God. And if you're faithful to what you know God to be today, then you're on the right right track. Um, understand repentance, I think. So I explain repentance. There's four parts to it. And make sure that you've implemented all four parts or you don't really have repentance. And that's... Um, Number one, God chooses what sin is. Agree with God about what sin is. And if it's in your life, you need to get rid of it. If it's in your country, you need to work to get rid of it. So sin. Second, you should have godly sorrow over all sin. Um, And that should help us uh, really put things, plumb line things back. So feel godly sorrow over all sin. Three, Confess your sin one to another, so that you can be fervently healed. And number four, put something in place that you don't do that again. So I have heard that repentance means turn and get away from there. That's true. Um, but if just turning to get away doesn't work, and you need to get rid of a cell phone, or you need to get rid of, um, you need to get rid of some something. A computer, if you need change, if you need a different job, do what you have to do yeah. so that you are walking in repentance. And then, you know, there's there's things in life. Uh, I think there's seven things that I try and do. Worship God because he's so worthy and that connects our heart. You know, pray to God. Talk to God about everything. Um, read the word or get the word of God inside of us. Fellowship with with others so that you might learn something new about God because of their fellowship, you know, walk in deliverance. Um, I know people don't like the word deliverance. So instead they maybe might need to hear inner healing, but look, God called it deliverance and we need that and, uh, make sure that you give, we have to give to God and give to one another. Um, and then I think the crown of all of it is, I know we can't measure ourselves in humility, but you can see others who are humble. Sit with them and learn from them. Uh, find out what humility is and what it isn't. Um, and then I, I know it's impossible to please God without faith. Make sure that you have it and that you're using it.
2: I have been trying for a year to get my head around, my heart around my words around the answer to the question, God, why are you allowing this? And, and I'm feeling that and sensing more and more of that. But at the same time, I've had to be very patient because it's not a message that is getting out there. All I can do is my part and I'm doing the Life Journeys podcast because I love the Lord and, and that's just what we're gonna do and leave the results to him. But, uh, I
0: appreciate you having me as one of your guests.
2: Well, uh, thank you to Lori for coming. It's been good to meet you.
0: Amen. Thank you so much.
1: You've been listening to Evangelist Lori Ditto. Her book, The Hell Conspiracy, is available now and Encountering Heaven is being released on May 18th through Amazon and other outlets. Her message on the eternal realities that await us and our need for honest repentance will go a long way in helping us navigate all the changes that we're now seeing. Thanks for listening, and have a great day!